I'm Lauren Seidel-Baker, and thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of ITR Economics Trends Talk. Today, let's talk supply chain. This is one of the big ones, the most crucial issues facing businesses today. So let's see how we got here to this very unusual situation. And critically, what do we see in the future? When do we see the supply chain problems easing? And more importantly, what can you do about them? Well, I want to start with how we got here. I'm an economist, so I very firmly believe that everything comes back to two critical factors, supply and demand. We take those two lines, we graph them, we find that crossing point, and that's our equilibrium. So we're going to break down these supply chain constraints in terms of supply and demand. But I really would argue to you that while both have their, their flaws and their contribution to the problem, this is primarily a demand story. Supply there could be more, and I know we hear that in the headlines. We see all of those great aerial shots, right, of the Port of LA and the ships just queued outside the harbor waiting for now more than two weeks to get into the port to find a slip and get unloaded. Well, while that is true, and we do have all of those extra ships, it's not necessarily on the supply from the port. And I know it's hard because we hear all of these narratives, right? The port either isn't fully reopened or maybe it's that not everyone came back to work at the port after the pandemic. But actually, if we look at the data, we can find that of the top five busiest ports in the US, all of them are currently operating at higher activity levels, putting more volume through the ports than they had been back in 2018 and 2019 at those so-called normal levels that it seems like we're just trying to get back to. So it isn't so much a supply problem. Yes, more supply, more availability, maybe keeping the ports open 24 hours a day or investing in additional capacity, that could help. Well, it couldn't hurt, but the ports are just one link in that great supply chain. You can't just strengthen one link and strengthen the whole chain. Really the story to me is the demand side. Even at these higher volume levels going through the ports, we still have so much demand. That demand picture is so overwhelming that even being busier than the ports have ever been, we still have those ships waiting offshore. We still have more stuff trying to get wherever it's trying to go. So it's a bit of a more nuanced situation. And again, this is a positive problem, right? Part of the issue is just the demand came surging back so strongly in the wake of this last recession. We have so much more activity now. Our consumer is on very stable financial footing. We have that ability to go out and spend and buy things and well, then we need to move those things. So this is in a way a very positive place to be. That said, it is still a constraint and these supply chain issues are still with us and potentially limiting a bit of the upside. But I really want to keep this in context. We're not seeing downside, we're seeing more limited upside as a result of these supply chain constraints. So where do we go from here? Well, if you've been following our forecast at ITR Economics, you probably know that we expect that peak growth rate across the macro economy, that highest rate of change to occur early next year. So by mid-2022, we think growth will still be positive, not calling for a recession, but we think that those rates of change are going to start to come down. They're going to start to normalize. Now, when that happens, I know we all see phase C, the slowing growth trend as a little bit of a, a red or a, a yellow flag, let's say, an orange flag, cautionary. We exercise caution during phase C, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. We do not think this, this cycle will be recessionary. 
So look for those lower, more normal growth rates, maybe more manageable growth rates is a better way to put it. Look for a little bit of relief there. We'll get to start to work through the log jam. I'm not saying that everything will be fixed by 2022, but we should be moving in that direction. At least things aren't getting materially worse. So that's the big picture. 2022 should bring at least directionally a little bit of relief as that demand side, that overarching issue that's really been driving these trends starts to ease up. We're not getting worse and we might even start to get better. Now there are some longer term trends that could really affect this outlook. The first one is nearshoring. We've been talking about this at ITR for a very long time. Those typical trade relationships, well, we're starting to see them change. Production isn't leaving the US anymore. In fact, it's turned around and it's starting to come back. And maybe not to the US exactly, but we're seeing a lot of production, production trying to get closer to its end use market. Maybe that's Canada, maybe that's Mexico, somewhere very close. Maybe you'll have some cost gains in one jurisdiction or another. But overall, the end result is that you're moving largely out of Asia, back to somewhere a little bit closer to your demand source. That's been an ongoing trend, and the pandemic really has accelerated that trend. If anything, all of these companies that saw their supply coming out of Asia, they were very shocked when they couldn't get what they needed. Maybe these were second or third tier suppliers that they didn't even know where that end production was happening. So many firms were blindsided. And a lot of people said during the pandemic, I don't want this to happen again. I want to be ready for the next time. Whatever that next thing is, that next black swan event that we don't see coming, I want my production to be more stable. I want to know that I can get what I need, even if that is at a slightly higher cost basis. So that near shoring, bringing things back closer to our market is necessarily causing changes across the supply chain. In the near term, it's disruptionary, right? I'll use semiconductors as the example. It takes a long time to build a semiconductor plant. So even though we are moving that production back to the US, it's not going to be an immediate fix in the next year or two. It's just gonna take a little bit longer before that production is really up and running. So this is a maybe medium to longer term trend. Another longer term bit of relief that we might see is investment from that infrastructure bill that just recently passed. Now, many politicians would tell you that this could solve everything tomorrow or at least by the end of the year. Well, I don't see that happening so much. Firstly, because it will just take some time before that spending gets where it's going, before all of those eye-popping dollar amounts can really be invested, can really be spent and uh, turned into construction activity. And finally, even once they do reach some construction activity, all of that investment in ports, in airports, in roads and bridges that's going to smooth out these supply chain disruptions, um, well, it takes a lot of time. If anyone has ever lived through a construction project on the road near their house, you know this. It takes much longer than you think before that project is completed and before we're seeing the benefits, reaping those rewards. So I do see the infrastructure bill as being a long-term upside, but I really wanna emphasize that first point, a longer-term upside. In the near term, evaluate your relationships because the supply chain looks much different today than it did a couple years ago and probably than it will a few years from now. But overall, I hope you have just a little bit of hope on the horizon. Things aren't getting worse and well, they might even be getting better. Stick with us and we'll tell you about it. For this episode of ITR Economics Trends Talk, I'm Lauren Seidel-Baker. Let's talk more soon.